This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And this is the sous chef of the garden. Good morning, Franklin. Good morning, Charlie. Hey, what a gorgeous way to start the day. Look at that. Blue, blue, blue. Beautiful oh, blue. Do not see a cloud in the sky. Azure, at least in our I think they call that. Pardon a- me? Is that called like an azure, a- azure yes. sky? An like azure sky. Yeah, it's very, very almost nice. spring or summer-like. Yeah, there's something about that. Well... Look at tonight. We lose an hour. Of oh, course, yeah, I know it just deflated my, your whole good feeling. My feelings least there. favorite day of the year. <laughs> Never enough hours in the day, and then we go and lose oh, one. We lose one. <laughs> oh. Two o'clock in the morning. So anyway, before you go to bed tonight, mm. set that clock back. Unless you've got an hour. automatic one, and it might set itself back. So oh, don't yeah. double yeah, hour true. yourself back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gods. All right, uh, here we are, the Garden Show, my friends, Charlie Dobbin. Who is the landscape? Landscape, he gods. Yeah, she is the master gardener. That's what I was looking for. I'm a horticulturalist. I'm a landscape designer, and I'm yes. also an honorary master gardener. Well, there you there are. There you are. Okay. Phone numbers to reach Charlie. <laughs> Ask your questions by all means in Toronto. Call this number four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Then anywhere in the province, it is toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. A little. Uh, Note on our motto is call early, call often. One question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, let our operator, Carlos, know. And when you get to the air just before you get your microphone turned on, you'll get that. Your garden wings. Okay? That's right. Because we are always happy to hear from yeah. from new new voices, new questions. Sure. Uh, Excellent, excellent. Loving this weather. Loving oh. the fact that it feels like spring is in the air. Yes, indeed. Lots going on, of course. Today, this weekend, uh, remember that there is another orchid show going on. This one's put on by the Niagara Frontier Orchid Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is happening today and tomorrow from 10 to 4 at the Buffalo and Erie County Botanical Gardens, 2655 South Park Avenue in Buffalo, New York. And... If you're down that way, London, Ontario is hosting the CD Saturday today from 10 to 3 at the Carling Heights Optimist Community Centre. That's at 656 Elizabeth Street in London. I did get a note from Sean James, who is on his way, because he is one of the absolutely wonderful speakers that will be on site at this event, the CD Saturday event today. Sean's topic is... What we used to kill, caterpillars and their host plants. Uh-huh. So that's a good one because, you know, people would see holes in the leaves of a plant yeah. and they'd say, oh, something's eaten there. And, oh, I see something, what it is. I see that, you know, yeah, that yeah. caterpillar, that whatever. Everything is a slug to some people or grub. <laughs> so let's kill it. Squish, squish. But, of course, it could be a baby ca- a baby butterfly. Oh, yeah. Butterflies that's... start out as caterpillars. Yeah, yeah. So he'll be presenting that. So good education. And Sean's brilliant. I mean, he's fun yeah. to listen to, but he's brilliant. He knows so much. Uh, this Monday, 
The Agent Court Garden Club invites you to join them uh, from 8 to 9.30. Their speaker is Katie Turnbull, and she's going to teach you all about the Meadowway Extension. Uh, this group is very fun. They have lots of great desserts, so it's a great social mm. and learning event mm-hmm. at the Knox United Christian Education Centre. That's at 2575 Midland uh, right near Shepherd Avenue. And then March 11th. So whenever March 11th is, that'll be in a few days, uh, Wednesday, I believe. Uh, the Riverdale Hort Society. Mm-hmm. The, your friends at the Riverdale Hort Society. Oh, are yes. The, the Worm Castings Group. <coughs> Excuse me. And they, they, they're not doing worm castings yet, but they do it every year. So keep that in mind, and I'll make sure I announce that. So worm castings are a wonderful soil amendment. Uh, so they meet March 11th, 7 to 9, Frankland Community Centre, 816 Logan Avenue. Ken Brown is the speaker on three tenors and one. And what that really is referring to is the big four perennials. Ah, okay. 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 And that it? For the well, moment? for now. For now. I, I want to just, you know, we'll talk a bit about women's, uh, International Women's Day. Yes, to- tomorrow. And we have a special yep. guest coming next week that you probably don't know anything about, so I'll tell you more about that, oh, too. Oh, goody so gum coming up later okay. on the show. <laughs> All right. We have to uh, take our first break on the show, but a reminder that the lines are open now. We'd love to hear from you on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, let's take a little trip to Ancaster. Say hi to my namesake out there, Frank. (laughs) Good morning, Frank. Frank and Charlie. um, I spoke to you, Charlie, uh, a little over a year ago about my Annabelle mm-hmm. uh, summer uh, hydrangea, mm-hmm. and you, you gave me some good advice, and um, I'm just a little bit perplexed by one little element now. I see them standing out there in the yard. Mm-hmm. There, I, I haven't touched them. They're just uh, shrunk down from their final stay in the fall. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, uh, you gave me some good advice last time, but what it, the dilemma here that just I, I came aware of, the, the bush is sort of half concealed beside a, a shed mm-hmm. and a large fern bush, right. huge bush. And I was, have, uh, uh, I was told that it, I might need to move it forward into the sun more. I know that it's not in a, an excessively sunny area, mm-hmm. but would I be able to move them now as we approach early spring? Oh, oh good question. How long have you been there? At this at, at this house? Yeah. How long have the pl- the plants been in that location? Well, it's only been here as long as I've been here. Only about thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> only. <laughs> Good use of the word it's only. Not, it's not as great as me, though. That's another. Concern. <laughs> we can deal with that elsewhere. <laughs> I would suggest to you that moving a 30-year-old Annabelle hydrangea is going to be a tough thing to do. Not good to do. Yes. Um, but but does it flower? Do you get some? No, this is the problem. Like uh, you know, every we all have, dark. and I know that last year was a banner year for flowering. And mm. uh, matter of fact, I have one that's a little forward, and this is what brings me to this mm. intent uh, on on the edge that was planted within the next few years, and it's sort of uh, flowered. Mm. But I, I can see where you're going without moving because it just the roots are probably intermingled with the uh, a birch tree behind, and oh, also yeah. with the you know the other bush. Oh so yeah, you would you, well you would state, leave so many roots behind in the process mm-hmm. of trying to dig up a root uh, ball that is of a size that you can manage that it would be so shocking on the plant. It's unlikely to survive, but it's possible. Well, I'm glad I asked you. But I, I will make a couple of suggestions here. One is it's not that hard to grow Annabelle hydrangeas from cuttings. 
So what you could do is once, so as spring is coming, you're going to get out there with your loppers, your clippers. You're going to cut yeah. this plant right down to about six inches tall. Really? Yep. All those hydrangeas need to be cut right down and do collect up what you, your clippings and do either burn them or remove them from the property because there are potential insects inside those little stems that you're going to cut off. So now you've got it all cut down. It doesn't look very nice to begin with. It'll start to grow. You know, green will start to shoot up. As soon as you start getting some good-sized shoots, so it might be June, you know, mid-June, late June, you can take a tip cutting. So you would cut off the tips of some of these branches, about four-inch cuttings and uh, and you can root them quite easily um little rooting hormone speeds things up you would remove oh, oh. the so low what you're saying is uh, pardon me for interrupting you're, what you're saying is i'm going to read the ones that the ones that, the new growth mm-hmm. at the top. yep yep start some new ones take those out independently yep exactly and then get them uh-huh. rooted up in little pots and by the end of the summer or at least by next spring you could be planting them out in front where it's a little sunnier i see so i'm going to have a season of them in pots yeah, alone. that's right. And the ones that are in pots, you are going to enjoy them, keep them, you know, happy oh, all through the summer, mm-hmm. but bury the pots for the winter. Don't just leave them above ground and don't take them in the house. So you'll just mm-hmm. bury Thank those so pots much. next Very winter and then next spring you'll plant them up and you'll start a whole new Annabelle Hydrangea gloriful, glory garden. Mm-hmm. There right. you go. Very informative. I appreciate that. <laughs> Very thought of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks so much. Okay, Frank, thanks for joining us from Yeah, good Ancaster. question. Yeah. Really good question. Beautiful, beautiful morning we've got going here. Oh, my gosh. I think the temp tomorrow, as a matter of fact, oh, is going to be about crazy. 11, 12 degrees. Well, I, mean, I think it's more like 9 tomorrow and 11 the next day. Like, Monday oh, is, that right? is yeah. great. Oh, okay. We got some nice temperatures coming. Mm. We deserve and it. sunshine. We, yeah. We do and deserve we it. We are up to our next little break here, but uh, a good reminder would be right now if you're looking for a time to call charlie hey this is the time right now in toronto 416-360-0740 then anywhere in the province toll free 1-866-740-4740 okay back in a moment with charlie dobbin Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, alrighty, Charlie, uh, I look up at the monitor and in the last... Ten seconds, boom, it exploded. Excellent. Let's, let's see who's uh, first up here. Now. Wait, I can't hear you. Speak into the microphone. Can, yes, can you? I can't quite I can that see that. this distance. Well, it looks to me like the first person we're going to talk to is Diane, who's calling in from Toronto. Alrighty. And, Hello, oh, Diane. No, she's not. <laughs> and she's a first-time caller. No. Welcome back, Diane. Oh, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. I uh, called for the first time, actually, last week. Um, But I wanted to ask you, I have a uh, climbing hydrangea. Uh I moved it from a fence. Um, It's about probably about four years old, three, four years old, um, because I understand they climb about 50 feet uh, Mm, tall. Eventually, Um, yeah. Yeah, and I moved it to to climb up a tree, and the tree is about uh, maybe 35, 40 years old. Mm -hmm. Would that harm the tree? No, climbing hydrangea are not parasitic, so they're not going to be robbing the tree of anything. But what kind of a tree is it? Do you know? Honey locust. 
Oh, okay. That could work. I just going to say, so often it's so dark, midsummer up inside the trees, that that would really limit the plant's ability to to flourish. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be my favorite place to use a tree as a um, structure for a climbing vine of any kind to grow on, just because there's so much competition when we do that root-wise. They're both desperately wanting water, nutrients, etc., that there does end up being a bit of a a struggle only in that sense. I mean, it's like I said, it's not something where the the tree is going to be parasitized. But it does, it'll also, you don't get as good air circulation around your tree when you've got a vine growing on it, so you can set up Mm. moisture on the trunk, you know, when it rains and rains, uh, and the moisture will not dry out because you're not getting sun in there, you're not getting air uh, the way you should, and so it can ultimately be hard on the tree. But honey locusts are pretty tough trees. Like, they're pretty vigorous. They do put up with a lot of abuse. They're Mm -hmm. excellent as city trees, urban trees, Mm -hmm. very pollution tolerant and all that important stuff. So, I mean, it's certainly, it's a a thought. I mean, there's no question. I've seen climate hydrangea go 20 feet on two-story brick buildings. Um, And they do flower even in, like, on a north side of a a building or fairly shady locations. Okay. And they're a lovely plant, no question. And they they don't mind being transplanted, right? No, not, not in the first couple of years. If you were listening, our last caller had a plant that had been there for 30 years. That's pushing it. Most plants are hard to transplant at that age. Okay. But within the first year of plant, first five years of planting, most plants, woody plants, you can transplant. Oh, great. If you need okay. to. Okay. Okay. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you so much. Our Thank pleasure. You, yeah. Okay. Bye. Enjoy the weekend and keep it right here on uh, Zoomer Radio. Um, <laughs> going to go to Port Credit now, and I believe the, the name is Aya. If, if I've mispronounced, please let me know. Uh, and indeed, you are a first-time caller. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Hello, Aya. Hello, thank you, and you got my name right on. Well, how about that? He's okay. a pro. What can I say? <laughs> what's, You're smart. What's we going? listen to you quite a lot, Frank. Oh, that's great. What's so, going my on? question. Yep. From a nice person, I was given, at, you know, those little miniature roses in about oh, a four-inch pot, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, how do you keep the beastly thing alive? Uh-huh. When were you given this? <laughs> last week. Oh, just last week. Okay. So have you got a sunny window? Yep. Where you don't have blinds, curtains closed? Not me. Okay, good. I want the light. There you go. And so does the rose. Because remember, roses, they always want a nice bright spot. So a window ledge. Yeah, a window ledge is... Because in an apartment, you know. Yeah, so... You only have a choice. Balcony or nothing. Yeah, so not out on the balcony yet. Certainly once we're frost-free, you can get that rose outside. Not a problem. At that point, you'll probably want to put it in a bigger pot just because it's going to be that much more, you know, windy and and all the things that will dry out the plant when it goes outside. So for now, leave it in the pot it's in. Only water as necessary. So feel the weight of the pot or feel the surface of the soil. Let it be fairly dry between waterings and then water thoroughly. So none of this little teaspoon of water. Give it a good, you know, cup or half a cup, whatever it needs, of room temperature water, water that's been sitting out overnight preferably, and just keep it in that sunshine. If you have fertilizer, not a bad idea to fertilize once a month. Just an all-purpose or a flowering plant fertilizer is what you would use, and that will feed it to produce more flowers. 
When the flowers are finished and you've got this, the little dead stems there where there was a flower, get out your little scissors, cut the, just cut those off as, as the plant progresses through producing more buds, more flowers. You'll deadhead it along the way. And uh, it'll do fine. The, the only challenge with mini roses indoors are spider mites. So just look closely every now and then for any webbing on the plant. You shouldn't have a problem now that we are into March and so we, where our furnaces aren't on as much and the humidity cross my fingers, is going to go up because uh, plants, our tropical plants really do prefer higher humidity than we have uh, midwinter. Aren't you lovely? Thank you. <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> and she is lovely, too, come to think of it. <laughs> Thanks, Aya. Yeah, good luck with that. Thanks for joining us on this absolutely sparkling Beautiful morning, and Saturday. I, I, yeah. That's the, don't you just sort of see that little mini rose in your? In oh your, yes, having that on your counter, like how yep. cheerful is that? Exactly, right? you flowers. Bet. We love our flowers, and you know, spring is in the air in terms of the bulbs. I mean, they're not happening yet, but I am seeing on on the web. You know, people are starting to see little green leaves coming up on their daffodils and that sort of thing. So, yep, yep, the flowers are coming. Okay, as we waved bye bye to Aya there, that leaves a line open. In fact, we got a couple of lines open right now in. Toronto, call 416-360-0740, or if anywhere in the province, toll-free, here you go, 1-866-740-4740, and you'll be speaking in moments to our very own Charlie Dobbin. Ooh, now, let's go to Cambridge to say hi to Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine. Welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. Morning. Um, I I heard a Robin this morning. Oh, great. Yes, but I didn't see him. I was... Get, didn't get there soon enough. I anyway, haven't seen um, any yet. I would like yet. to replace, yes. soon, uh, soon I'll be spraying some myrtle to get rid of it and replace it with a native plant, mm. um, uh, uh, some native plants, but yeah. the, our native plant place, Nith Valley, has closed down. I wonder if you know of any place where I can buy native plants. Hmm. Oof, Cambridge. Oh, I should know. Um, hmm, in the Cambridge area specifically. Oh. Well, any well, I mean, native plants are so trendy that every single garden center, probably even the Home Depots, will have a corner somewhere that should be well signed saying right, they native don't plants. Have very much. No, they won't have a huge selection. Right. Um, Maybe okay. somebody could make a suggestion if you happen to know of a. Uh, That's right. That, Somebody who's listening yeah. might want to call in and give and us be, a oh, suggestion. Okay, well, that would be. Um, I'll be listening. Um, I'm just looking there. Yes, hold on. Plant this. Okay. There. Is I'm not sure if you know this website or this. Uh, oh, okay. There's okay. This American is looking for an. Uh, there's a Canadian. The smoke version is coming out of her ears right now. Uh, She's working on that computer. Canadian version, Edmonton. Hmm. Okay, so because native plants have become, as I said, so trendy, and because right. many of the plants, like the myrtle you're referring to as myrtle, often called periwinkle properly known as vinca, is a lovely plant, but very invasive. Exactly. Uh, we have got a real trend going on, and there's a... Ontario, that works. Perfect. Okay, so it's a brochure, it's a website, it's under the Ontario Invasive Plant Council, and they've put together quite a nice brochure. It's called Grow Me Instead. 
So the Gromian okay. Stead for Southern Ontario Guide, it is available online. The, it's um, an update, very popular guide since it was initially released in 2010. Nearly 40 new invasives, so wow. recommending to mm-hmm. not plant them. And if you have them and you wish to remove them, a good idea. And alternates. So an area where periwinkle's happy, but you don't want it any longer, if you can get that out, the good alternatives are suggested that will like those same conditions. So it just makes it easy. You know, you're not going to start putting something into mm-hmm. that loves sun where you had a lot of shade, where the, the myrtle was thriving. So that's... Okay, do you have um, um, a, 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 something for the internet uh, number? Ontario uh, native plant, what is it? Sorry, Ontario invasive okay. plant council. Council, okay. So the actual website is ontarioinvasiveplants.ca. Okay, yep. thanks very much. And then it's a, the, the um, brochure is called Grow mm-hmm. Me Instead. Okay. So good information and maybe, um, yeah, and like I said, keep your eyes peeled and I will rack my brains uh, of anybody who's sort of a standalone nursery that would be somewhat okay. easy for you to get to. The one that comes to mind, but it's a long ways away, it's down near Sarnia, it's called St. William's and it's all native. Now I know in Brad, in the Brent, Bradford area, Bradford? There, there are, so let me, let me work on that. Keep listening okay. and I'll see what I can come up with. <laughs> Snow's gone from my lawn. I'll be out getting rid of the myrtle. All right. Good for you. Don't go on that lawn if it's too soggy. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Super. Thank you very much, Lorraine. Um, Off to Ridgeway we go to say hi to Flo. Well, that all rhymed. It did. my gosh. We were going to talk to Flo. (laughs) Hi, Flo. Morning. Good morning. Um, I have a cactus plant that I believe it's it's a Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. It blooms every year just before the American Thanksgiving. Oh, it's a white flower. Uh-huh. Yes. And it's always bloomed. Well, I've only had it five years, but it blooms once a year. But now, mm. the budding. I know you're going to say that. Oh, how you're, come? You're not the only one. Okay, so what it's, that is traditionally referred to as a Christmas cactus. You're just seeing it bloom a little before Christmas because of the conditions it's in. Um, the flowering, flower buds are initiated by cool temperatures and by bright light. So what happens, of course, through September and October at your place, for whatever reason, it's getting the perfect conditions for that bud initiation. Then we have the warmth when the furnace comes on and the flowers progress and you end up with beautiful blooms at the Thanksgiving instead of Christmas. So now it's interesting that it's happening again. Now, why is that? Have we had a particularly sunny winter? I don't think so. And yes, yes, we've had more sun, and it's in a big uh, southwest yeah, window. Perfect, yep. yep. And it, it, um, it's responding. Yes. So it's blooming again, so which is great. When it does finish blooming, <clears throat> the second bloom, I uh, do think about fertilizing the plant. Yes. <clears throat> because it is uh, fair, it takes a lot of energy to produce flowers, particularly two sets of flowers. So just keep that in mind that it's. Uh, Are those uh, um, spikes, you know, for fertilizing oh, plants? They. Th- they come in a package. Yeah, they're not my favorite. And no. the re- the, that's the, it's quite a concentrated amount of fertilizer all in one spot. Mm-hmm. And the idea is you stick those little spikes under the soil with your finger, and it slowly dissolves. Um, and they make big versions of that for use outside on big plants outdoors. I'm just not a big fan of concentrating a lot of fertilizer in one spot mm-hmm. because it, it, it'll work. I mean, eventually it'll dissolve and right. uh, it'll do its thing. But I, 
if you own those little spikes and you obviously don't want to throw them away, I would uh, break them up, crumble them up, and just sprinkle them on the surface. Like one or two. It'll it'll tell you how many spikes based on the pot size. Mm-hmm. So, oh, great. Okay. Thank you. You're very welcome. But it will bloom again, like, oh, in the fall, Likely. Right? And particularly if you fertilize it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks Thank you for so calling. Much. Thank you, Flo. Um, you're going to see me reaching for this bell. Oh, good. You're and, getting some exercise well, uh, today. Yes, indeed. Do you I don't am. need to go to the club later, maybe. No, maybe not. <laughs> uh, just before I do get the caller on the air here, uh, the show Peter Pan, right? Mm, yes. The first time ever the name Wendy appeared anywhere what? was in yes the the author of the peter pan story i can't remember his name right now yeah. anyway he invented the name he invented wendy? the name wendy what the show. yep really that, yeah i wonder that's if, a good bit of trivia i yeah. wonder if wendy who is in beaverton <laughs> and the first time caller knew yes. that hi wendy good morning good morning <coughs> welcome Sorry. to the show <coughs> i'm calling because i have a um a peace lily in my house yep and I can never keep that peace lily alive. I'm constantly buying them, and the tips of the leaves get dry, and then my husband like gets so frustrated with it. I don't know what to do with it. All right. So is and it the next thing is that I also have a mini rose that someone gave me, and I left it outside. Would I be able to keep it alive come spring? You left it outside last fall. I kept it outside. I got it in the summer, and I kept it outside close to the house on the patio in its pot. Yeah, see if it survives. Hard to know. It might survive above ground in the pot if it was a sheltered spot. It might not. Because remember, it's colder above ground than in the ground. So if the roots froze solid in those in that pot sitting on the patio, so you'll just have to see if any green buds uh, emerge on that plant as okay. days warm up and days get longer. Okay. Uh, in terms of the peace lily, yeah. so you said so the tips turn brown. Is there anything else that makes you want to throw it away besides the brown tips? Is it no, just the brown tips? And you know what? It doesn't flower. Okay, it just doesn't flower for me, and I love it because it's so keeps the house healthy. It does. It does. It adds oxygen, and it also filters and cleans yeah, the air. And what's the best fertilizer? Should I give my house plant? Oh, generally, it's an all-purpose fertilizer. It could be a 10-10-10 or a 20-20-20. But with the peace lily, the reason you're probably getting those brown tips is because of your tap water. You're probably watering with tap water, and tap water has fluoride and chlorine and various salts in it, and that causes the brown tips. So what you're going to want to do from now on, if you're getting a brand-new peace lily, but to any, any of your houseplants, get, get yourself a pail that you can just fill up with water and let that pail of water sit out overnight, you know, minimum. 24 hours, you'll find two things. One is the temperature is better. It'll be room temperature. And number two, there will be the elimination of some of those salts, which will gas off of the water. So you won't have as salty, if you will, a water that goes onto the plants, onto the peace lily. Okay. I have Um, a rain barrel, so I'm going to get it ready. Oh, yeah. It's great. Plants love rainwater. Thank you Happen? You're welcome. And Wendy, one more thing is you can move that peace lily into a tiny bit more sunshine in your house, a little more indirect light, you're more likely to get okay. flowers. Okay. Okay, thank you. Have a great day. You okay, too. You too Thanks Wendy. for calling. Thank you. And I, I do walk with Peter Pan. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Good <laughs> for you. you. Go. 
Peter Pan loves you. There there you are. All righty. We're going to take a little bit of a break here. We do have uh, another uh, first-time caller waiting online, and we'll get to momentarily. Uh, First, a little reminder that you are indeed listening to The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, we're set to go. Oh, you you were looking at something something, online. Okay, yeah, before we go to our caller. (laughs) I'm giving you that eyeball. Uh, (laughs) Going back to Diane. No, not to Diane, sorry, to Lorraine, Lorraine, who gave us a call from Cambridge looking for some native plants. Uh, quick, very quick search on the web. There are a number of nurseries that do uh, identify themselves as selling native plants. Mm-hmm. There is one right there in Cambridge called Sweet Clover. They refer to themselves as a native plant nursery. Mm-hmm. Their actual address is 111130, so 1130 Maple Grove Road in Cambridge. Uh, so you could look them up, maybe give mm-hmm. them a call, see if they're carrying the kind of things you're looking for. And there they are right close to you. But in the in your area, there appears to be a number of nurseries that, like I say, promote themselves as carrying native plants. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, that completed. Now let's get over to our... First time caller, Mo from Pickering. Good morning, Mo. Hi there. How are you? Good morning. Um, enjoy your show. It's great. Thank you. Um, I have a large maple in my front yard mm-hmm. that um, causes a lot of shade. Mm-hmm. The only plants that I find successful are hostas. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if there's anything else that's a flowering plant that I could put there. The only trouble is that there's lots of roots from the right. maple tree. Right, right, right. So here's a question. Have you ever had that maple tree trimmed by a professional arborist for either raising the canopy or opening the canopy at all? Now, it's funny you should say say that because I am having one this year. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <to do> it. <laughs> Make sure it is a certified arborist, somebody who knows what they're doing and they oh, do yes. a good, clean job. You will find that will make quite a difference for the understory, the growth beneath the maple, whatever you okay. may want to grow. You're right. Hostas are the go-to. They will grow anywhere. Um, there are a number of other plants, but of course, you know, I'm going to just draw a blank. It's like, <laughs> it's March. I, I have no plant names in my head right now. <laughs> Um, flowering specifically. Oh, you know what I love? Oh, what's it even called? Um, okay, so got a pencil? Yes. There is a plant. It's called Brunera. So B as in Bob, mm-hmm. R, U, N as in Norway, another N as in Norway, E-R-A. So Brunera. There's okay. many varieties of it. It does bloom with blue forget-me-not-like flowers in the spring. Oh, but it you has... know what? I, I think I have one of those. Um, um, the the rest of the plants I've tried underneath there have all croaked. Yeah. But that one, that I, a good one, I believe, is... Yeah. Yep. And do they come in different colors? The leaves do. There are different colors of leaves. Uh, okay. And I'm just... See, basically what you need to think about is plants that, can with, that are shallow-rooted because as you point out, there's lots of roots from the maple. Whenever mm-hmm. I plant beneath a big old tree like that, that 
you know, owns the space. I'll always amend the soil with some very good organic material. Now, I'm not saying add a foot or anything, but even adding an inch or so of some good compost, composted manure, very lightly tilling, just not even worrying too much. Just, just get that sort of organic material stable around in the areas we're going to plant. You're going to plant in little pockets between the roots. So Mm -hmm. your planting is not done by a grid. It's done by where you can actually dig a little hole and you'll, (laughs) you'll buy plants that are small, little four inch plants. You're not going to go in there with big one gallon things and try and get them in there. So small plants with small little, you know, little bits of root and you're going to dig down, you're going to water, you're going to plant, you're going to, you know, get that firmed into place, but you will have, like I said, amended the soil a little bit along the way. I love, um, there's a ground cover called Woodruff, Sweet Woodruff. Mm-hmm. It's fragrant, white, fragrant white flowers mm-hmm. in the spring. It's an evergreen, very low growing, very shallow rooted, does very well under maples. Um, okay. So, you know, again, so you don't see that bare earth. You suddenly you have just this carpet of green and then these mm-hmm. very pretty fragrant white flowers mid-spring, early summer. So, yeah, there's a number. I, I've always had good success with coral bells. Coral bells are uh, the common name of a plant that there's so many varieties of all different colored leaves and then little bell type flowers that stand up above the leaves they come in purples and greens and silvers and oranges i I did try the coral bells actually and i wasn't successful with those that's where you need that that organic material you will they will get established i I agree that you know if you kind of just pop them in and hope they they likely will just shrivel up and die but get something in there that's going to help hold some moisture around them which is where that organic material comes from Okay, great. Okay. Thank, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling, um, You Mom. do an absolute fantastic job. Thank Th- you so much. Thank you for that. <laughs> Have a great uh, weekend, and thanks for keeping it right here on Zoomer yeah. Radio. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow, look well, at this. Uh, it's almost like... That- it's almost 10 o'clock. <laughs> I know. How did well, that happen? we still have time for one call at the moment. And we have um, a couple more if people would like to call yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. A number call in quick. Toronto, 416-360-0740. And our long-distance line, free of charge, of course, 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Gloria and see what's going on there. Hi, Gloria. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah, thanks for I- calling. I am i don't want to bore you, but I'm going to talk about uh, another hydrangea. This mm-hmm. is a lace cap hydrangea at the front of my house. Mm-hmm. It's an east exposure. I didn't trim it back or anything. I just no. left it. Um, and I heard the other ladies uh, you were telling to trim it back right down to six inches, was it? Well, okay, so it depends. You, don't, you just know it's a lace cap. You don't know anything else other no, than... No, I, I know it's a lace mm. cap. It's, it's very flat. Yeah, I would trim it. Yeah, I would trim it down low in the spring for sure. About six inches? Yep, four to six inches tall. Okay, and when, when would I fertilize that? In the spring when you're trimming. When I'm trimming. And, and the spring would be around April? Well, you see, that's always the funny thing. We don't really know when you're going to be able to do this. In order to get into our gardens, because I assume that those little shrubs are growing in amongst other plants, you're going to have to walk across your lawn and then step into the garden. So we don't do that when the ground is wet. Uh, when it's still spring and, of course, snow has been melting, rain's going to fall at some point. When the ground is soggy, we stay right away from our gardens because just the weight of us walking in there is going to compact the soil, and that's yeah, not a good yeah. thing. So, I have another one. One at the back of the garden in the west, but it's surrounded by a wigilia bush. Mm-hmm. Two big ones. Yeah, it doesn't flower that much. You so. can cut back that wigilia after it blooms, and it will bloom in June. 
right? So you can do a pretty hard cutting back on that then just to open things up a bit for the hydrangea. But um, yeah, so I mean, spring is when we can get into our gardens without doing damage to the soil. Uh-huh. And it will be a, a sunny day or at least a dry day when we start doing our pruning. So I it could be April. you back before I trim the, the one at the back then. No, you know what I'd do? I'd cut the hydrangea back early while it's still dormant. Okay. Then I would wait because that wajelia should just give you a whole bunch of flowers fairly early in the season. They, the, the cool yeah, thing know. about wajelia is they'll, they'll bloom on and off all summer, but I would wait until the first big flush. So you've got all the pretty pink or red flowers on that shrub in roughly June. Once that's done, then I'd get out my big loppers and I'd, I'd cut that whole plant back by at least a third, particularly if it's a big old plant, and you know, do a fairly rustic uh, pruning on it, mm-hmm. that will open up air so the hydrangea can fill in. Okay. Oh, okay. that's wonderful. And and cut that hydrangea at the back down yep. low? Right down four to six inches, yep. Assuming okay. it's a round flowering hydrangea. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, Thanks for calling. Have a nice day. You Thank too. You. Thank you. And we're almost guaranteed a beautiful day, really. Look at it outside there. I know. Beautiful. Lovely. Know. we okay. got to get outside. we got to do the show outside. Let's yeah. just get these mics right. and get outside. Very good idea. <laughs> we'll work on that. Uh, meantime, we have to take a little bit of a break, and uh, we'll be back to welcome. Actually, a couple of uh, first-time callers are hanging on the line, so we'll scoot so we can come back and get you on the air. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie, it's time for... Another first-time caller, uh, Wayne, online from T.O., maybe just around the corner. Hi, Wayne. Good morning. Hi. How are you? Morning. Good. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What's yeah, going on? Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, my question is, uh, I have a little mini uh, orchid plant, mm-hmm. and I accidentally dropped it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the main, uh, I guess the main stalk broke off, and it kind of died. But it's in a transparent uh, flower pot. Mm-hmm. But I can still see that the roots are still green. I was wondering if it's uh, worth saving or will it regrow again? So are there leaves still on the plant and it was the flower stalk that broke or the it broke right at the crown, like right at the soil? Like it, right at the crown. Hmm. Good question. You know, hmm. it might... You see, yeah. it's just a question of how much damage happened to the crown. So the crown is where the leaves and the roots come together. It's typically right. at soil level for most plants, most green plants. So if the, like you say, the roots are still green, there's still life in the roots. What I would do is I would, you know, keep that pot in a, the situation so a, eastern or northern window, so it's bright, indirect light. Obviously, don't do a lot of watering. Do have a little mister, though. Mist it. So try and keep the humidity fairly high around the plant, and just wait and see. If it's going to sprout some new leaves, little tiny leaves will come from the top of the ground. Okay. If, if it all just starts to shrivel up, then you're toast. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. You're, you're welcome. welcome. Thanks for sorry joining to, us, Wayne. Sorry to say that. Yeah. You had something you wanted to mention? Uh, oh, I do. Well, or... I wanted to remind our callers. Well, I want to remind our callers to call earlier. Yeah. <laughs> number one, because we've got all these calls at the very end and we have mere minutes left. So remember, everybody, we start at nine every Saturday. So you can <laughs> grab your coffee, put the numbers into your memory dial, sit down at nine o'clock and start hitting memory. There you go. <clears throat> so we'll have lots of calls, keep us busy at the beginning. But uh, reminding everybody that next week, I do have a special, we have a special guest joining us. Her name is Tara Nolan. She is a published author of 
a book that I'm going to forget what it's called, but her newest book is called Gardening Your Front Yard, Projects and Ideas for Big and Small Spaces. It includes vegetable gardening, pollinator plants, rain gardens, mm. and more. Well, so Tara's been around this industry, this horticultural uh-huh. industry, for a very long time. Like, maybe not as long as me because she's younger and, you know, all that stuff. But bottom line is, you're going to love her. She's very nice, very, very knowledgeable. And uh, she'll be here with us for the entire hour, as far as I know, next week. And so she'll be here to answer questions. She'll probably want to talk about her book a bit and share with our, our listeners what's new and exciting in this book. And it is brand new, hot off the press, and currently available probably through, you know, everybody, Amazon, etc. Yeah. But she'll share all that with us next week, but I just wanted to let everybody know that because she's very, very savvy, web savvy person. She's all over the social media, oh, great. constantly providing okay. free advice. Right, just a real supporter, a typical gardener, real right. supporter of other gardeners. All right, I think we have time quickly if we get to first time caller Charlene from Brantford. Good morning, Charlene. Hello, how are you? Morning, Good. how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm actually now in Woodstock. I'm, I'm on my way to uh, the Banana Belt. Oh, nice. Good. Yeah. Um, I have raspberry canes in my backyard that I really would love to eliminate. Oh. How do I do that? Uh, lots and lots or just a few? Lots and lots. It's taking over a whole corner. You know what's pro- very, very seedy. Right. So it's probably one of your best ways to, I mean, if you can, I'd try, um, oh, digging them out is the obvious way, but that, you know, that has its challenges. You would cut them right down to ground level and then you'd get in there and start digging out the roots and stay on top of any new little suckers that come up from bits of roots that were left behind. Okay. Worst case, you can wait till some green starts to grow and use Roundup because Roundup does kill things as long as there's green leaves to spray. Um, or <clears throat> third option is get out, you know, cut them down, use the lawnmower if necessary, whipper snipper, cut them as low as you can, and then solarize the area. Put a big tarp, tarpaulin over top. Mm-hmm. Rocks and soil. I was, wondering, I was wondering if that would work. It will if it's a sunny location and the sun's going to beat down because that sun will bake and kill those raspberries. But you have to make sure your tarp is sealed all around the edges all so there's around, no yeah. sun getting in, no water getting in underneath. And, and you watch because little suckers will start coming off the root from outside the tarp. So you're going to have to kind of visit and stay on top of it through the entire mm-hmm. uh, grow this right. next season. But it, right. it should kill them, but it might take all summer. Okay. I don't want to use the Roundup because mm-hmm. the people next door to me, mm-hmm. they have a beautiful yard, mm-hmm. and I don't want to affect their yard at all. No, you're right. And technically, it's against the law to use Roundup on anything other than a noxious, noxious mm-hmm. uh, poisonous plants. Okay. Okay. And raspberries okay, aren't. Well, do it then. <laughs> all right. Good luck. Let us know how that works okay. out. I will. Thank right. you very much. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining us. Uh, always a delight to welcome folks on the air here. Yeah. Um, golly, I'm looking. Uh, Next, we've got about tomorrow. What, 40 seconds left. That's so tomorrow, it. International Women's Day. Yes. What are you doing in anything planned? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Shirley out and uh, have a little uh, session with Jazz, Malcolm and oh, uh, lovely. the Soulmates. Lovely. We'll be entertaining. And I'm so. off to an, an event in Prince Edward County at the Drake Devonshire Hotel. Oh. You know that swanky yeah. hotel there on, right on Lake Ontario? They're having a women's networking opportunity and Very good. presenting wines and ciders and foods mm-hmm. and chefs and all kinds of funky edibles provided by women of the county. Well, there you so go. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Excellent. And always, always nice to get out and get some good food anyway, right? So next week, 
Tara's here, and uh, everybody's going to be ready to call early and often. All <laughs> <laughs> right, Charlie. Thank you, Frank. Thanks, Carlos. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.